Hello, and welcome to this episode of Women in Engineering, success stories from STEM professionals. In this episode, I will be talking with Andrea Jensen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, a Forbes contributor, and a top-ranked speaker about the results of her 2023 Building Better Women in Construction report, developed in collaboration with the National Center for Construction Education and Research. The difference between mentorship and sponsorship, and how women receive less sponsorship, and how this is holding them back. I'm your host, Tiffany Tichi, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an international recognized author of STEM children's books, which include What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z, as well as the STEM Crew Kids Adventures series. I also host the Read to Write radio show on WDRB Media, owner of Drive Edge Publishing and owner publishing consultant of Inspired Authors Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, Here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, PSNS. PSNS is an award-winning one-stop shop of architecture and engineering excellence. The depth and breadth of their expertise has helped PSNS grow into a firm offering multi-discipline, full-service architecture, engineering, design, environmental, and surveying consulting services. They offer a single source for planning, design, regulatory compliance services on diverse projects across several market segments, including education, energy, utilities, hospitality, entertainment, infrastructure, public improvement, real estate, and science technology. Having proudly served a sophisticated client base operating in numerous industries, they know the importance of developing on-time, cost-effective, and high-quality solutions to the most difficult challenges. For more information, visit psands.com. That's psands.com. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today I have with me Andrea Jansen. Andrea, welcome to the Women in Engineering podcast. Thank you so much for having me today, Tiffany. I am really excited for this interview. I'm excited as well. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about your background and career journey and how you ended up where you are today? That is such a great question. So I own a company called Ambition Theory, and we're a leadership development company focused 100% on accelerating the path to leadership for women in construction. Um, We have lots of engineers um, that have taken our programs. We work with lots of big companies. And really how I got here was I did not grow up wanting to be an engineering. My dad's actually an engineer, and that was like his hope for me but I was not good at physics. So I went into business instead and kind of like did a whole bunch of things, um, decided I wanted to launch a coaching business and a leadership development business focused on women. And when I was getting the company off the ground, really at the beginning, as you're an entrepreneur, you'll work with any client. So I was working with tons of women from all these different industries. And my husband actually got me into construction. So he works in construction and his company was sending women to the groundbreaking women in construction conference that the engineering news record puts on every year. And he sent me a link to it. And I was really curious about the conference. I was wondering like, who are the speakers? What are they learning? I just wanted to like soak it all up. And I saw on the website that on one of the afternoon sessions, there was a 
said, speaker TBD. And I decided to cold call the conference and ask them if they needed a women's leadership speaker. And they actually said yes. And it's interesting because I'd never actually been a speaker at a conference before. So, you know, got my talk together. I went to the conference. I wasn't on the main stage. I was in this little tiny breakout room. And so many people came to this talk, like they're sitting on the floor. The organizers had put chairs in the hallway. And at that moment, I was like, I think I'm onto something here. And so I had launched this leadership accelerator program that was open to all women and a bunch of construction, women in construction signed up to it and was just kind of working with them alongside women from other industries. And it came to the point where about 70% of our clients were from the construction industry. And so made the decision a couple of years ago to focus all of our efforts on women in construction. And that is how I got to where I am today. Wow, I love it. The, the, the impact that you made, you say, I got on the stage. You say you never spoke in the conference, but you was able to make that impact. And you said it was filled. So obviously you had a topic where people needed to hear it. And I love that. So let's go into, because people need to hear it. Could you highlight the key findings from your 2023 Building Better Women in Construction Report? Yeah, so there's this thing and it's really interesting. And I wanna, I love that you started off with the beginning. So when I was doing that talk at the, the that first talk I ever did, I think one of the key insights that I shared with the audience was that the advancement of women can't be, women alone can't do that. Like it's really a systemic issue. And when we recognize that, it really creates so much, so many opportunities for everybody to take action. And I talked about that back in 2018 in that first talk, but I would say our culture wasn't really ready to take action from that perspective. Like really a lot of the initiatives were women were needing to do the work and kind of the, the key finding from our building better report, which was so exciting. We partnered with the national center for construction education and research on a very robust, like scientific report. And what we found was the biggest takeaway was we really quantified the fact that mentorship programs don't actually work if the goal is to advance women into leadership positions. So that's the big nugget from our report. And I kind of knew that in my gut, like many years ago, but it was exciting that we actually had data to prove it. Okay. As they say, the numbers don't lie. So those statistics that you're sharing and all that is key. And so definitely people need to hear that. That is what we need to do as far as advancement. So as we talk about in terms of career advancement, what challenges do women in engineering commonly encounter? Okay, so I will say this thing, a couple of things that we learned from a report, and this is specifically on the construction industry, and we talked to everybody. So we talked to talk to craft professionals, we talked to engineers, we talked to people in operations, residential, commercial, industrial, all facets. Um, but I would say like these findings would land and be really consistent with if we just asked engineers these questions, the answers would be really similar, probably the same. Um, and I think the, the main things that we learned is that women want to be in leadership positions. So we asked people like, do you want to be in a leadership position at some point in your career? And 88% of people said that they either were already in a leadership position or they wanted to be. So that myth that women don't want it, that is 100% a myth. Women want to be leading. Um, and then we asked women another really old question was like, how often have you had 
a woman manager or supervisor. And 72% of women said they have never or rarely had a woman manager or supervisor. So that is a big challenge, right? It's like the first time I shared that stat with some of our clients, someone, someone said like, if you can see it, you can be it. And if you can't see it, it's really hard to actually believe that you can be it. But even on an unconscious level, if you can't see it, the thought may not even subconsciously go through your mind. So like you may not even think that it could be an idea or a possibility for you. And you don't even realize you're thinking that way because you're not seeing it every day. I mean, that's it. You 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 hit it, hit it right there. And that's where we want to make sure this message is out here, especially when it comes to women in engineering. Um, I live it every day as an engineer. <laughs> and so when you speak that it is, leadership is, is important. If that's what we want as women, as well as the representation. You got to be able to see it. If you don't see no representation of women representing in these fields, then it's, it's impossible for them to really know that they could be in it. So I love how you tapped into that. So thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about leadership roles. When it comes to succeeding in leadership roles, tell us which skills and qualities are most critical for women. Okay, this is a really interesting question. So we kind of have a framework for leadership that we teach at Ambition Theory. We did not invent it. So it's like researchers have been studying this for many years. And it's really like how men and women lead differently. Um, it's not about men versus women, one being better than the other, but kind of it's really a spectrum. And there's this untapped potential that women leaders bring to the table that the industry is not leveraging today. So I wanna share that with you right now, if that's okay. So one side, there's like, so leadership is a spectrum. On one side is the transactional approach. So that's the approach that we normally in any kind of engineering job that you're probably used to. So that's where the leader's job is to set the direction for the team and then delegate the tasks to people on the team, give that critical feedback when things are not going well and give that praise when, you know, people are doing a great job. And it's really up to the leader to give that feedback from the top down. So that's that traditional top-down approach. So that's called the transactional approach. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum is the transformational approach. So instead of the leader, the leader still sets the vision, but instead of telling people what to do, the leader's job is to invite people in to contribute, to be able to help people see like, what are the strengths of the people on my team and how can I align those with the work that needs to be done? Um, so the leader's job is to really inspire people instead of telling them what to do. And in engineering, you need both, right? Like if you're working on a project, you're not in your head, I can see it. Like you agree with me, like you need to be able to tell people, you know, this is over budget. We need to do this, this, and this, or this is behind schedule. We need to do this, this, and this. So leaning into those skills are really, really important. But any type of engineering job, usually it's a business, unless you're working for the government and really like you need to get more projects, you need to get more work. And so leaning into those transformational skills and building relationships with your clients, with the people that you work with really helps you see that bigger picture and see where are these clients going? How can my company help them get there? And having that knowledge really leads to that future growth. You're bringing that business back to your company. Um, another great example of using transformation leadership skills, if there's a problem. Like there's, you're facing a problem you've never faced before. And if you use that transactional approach, 
it's really about up to the leader to figure it out. It's like leveraging their years of experience and then telling the team how we're going to solve this problem. Whereas a transformational approach is about the leader, instead of telling the team how to solve the problem, it's about inviting the team into the problem. And so the value here is you have exponentially more knowledge because every single person on that team can contribute to the solution instead of just relying on the expertise of one person. So those are kind of some of the critical skills that women can bring to the table. But the challenge is like our current systems today really reward that transactional approach. So it's really what's on the you know performance management system, what's on the job descriptions are really more on, you know, can give feedback, can manage projects, can, um, delegate, those are really the skills that are being measured. And we're at this place where we need to kind of be able to articulate the value and really understand that women bring this unique perspective. They bring these amazing skills to the table that can bring a ton of value to projects, to companies. Um, but we don't really have the systems to teach people how to use them, reward them, and even articulate have the words to describe them to people. So that's kind of the challenge that we're facing today. Well, Andrea, you are dropping gems. I mean, I hope our listeners are taking notes because you are providing it. I love it. I love it. So thank you for that. Showing the differences. And yes, we need them all. <laughs> um, but some In some facets, especially as women and engineers, and the teamwork side of things that you mentioned, I think that is important too. So I love how, because we have to work in teams. This is a little part of the job. And so being able to know that we all contribute something to the table is important to know as well. So I love how you highlighted that. So let's go into, let's see here. How can companies foster a more inclusive and diverse environment to support professional growth of women? Okay, so I want to go back to the first thing I talked about in this report, the fact that mentorship programs do not work to advance women into leadership positions. And this is something that we studied that was the bulk of our research was really focused on mentorship versus sponsorship. And I'm going to explain the difference because in our language today, we just really use the word mentor. We don't really sponsor is not a, an everyday word for us. So it's really hard for people to grasp these concepts. So I'll explain it to you a little bit if that's okay. Um, so mentorship, what we did, we actually asked women in our study, we said, do you understand um, like what it takes to be successful and advance within your company and 76% of women said like, oh, I understand um, what I need to do to advance my career. But the interesting thing that happened, then we asked two different types of questions. So the first questions we asked were mentorship-based questions. So those are behaviors like, because we don't really differentiate in our everyday language between mentorship and sponsorship. So if we ask people, do you have a mentor or do you have a sponsor? They wouldn't really know how to answer the question properly. So we actually had to break down the behavior. So mentorship behaviors are really all about advice and preparation. So it's really like giving people the skills, giving people the advice so that they can take that and then apply it themselves to their career in the hopes that they'll use them, that advice and preparation to create that opportunity and lead to that next level. Um, and so those are behaviors like I have someone that believes in me. I have someone that can give me feedback. I have someone that provides me advice. Um, I have someone that I can turn to when things are hard. And what we found and we've realized in women, like there's been all these like mentorship programs for women in engineering. Like you're not in your head. So you've seen them. You probably heard about them 
for years, right? This has been like what has been ingrained into our heads, right? If you want to be successful, get a mentor. If you're a woman in leadership, like you got to give back, mentor other people. Like that has been ingrained into us for so many years, programs and companies, programs and associations. And what we found was actually women are being mentored. They're feeling supported. They're getting getting that advice. Um, they have that person that they can turn to. So a lot of women in our survey actually said, yes, I'm being mentored. Um, but then we're still seeing that stat that 72% of women have never or rarely had a woman manager. So it's like, what is actually going on, right? Like we were told to get a mentor, you know, all the women in leadership are mentoring us. So like, why are we still not seeing women advancing into those leadership positions at the same rate as men? And so this leads to our other question, which is about sponsorship. So sponsorship is about exposure and opportunity. So those are things like, I have someone that I can trust. I have somebody that advocates for me in rooms that I'm not there. I have somebody that puts me in a position to be on a high profile project. I have someone that is advocating for me that knows what I want and is kind of going out of their way to create that opportunity. And those are sponsorship behaviors. And I'll tell you a bit of a story because it can be a little bit ambiguous, this concept. So I'll tell you kind of how it shows up. So you're this young engineer, you're like, so excited. I'm like, want to get to that next level. You find your mentor because in our language today, we use mentor to describe all of these things. You ask that mentor. So that's the experienced person, either in your company or in the industry. And you say, what do I need to do? And they're like, you need to understand the business side of things. You need to understand how this business runs. You need that knowledge to get to the next level. And then the mentor will maybe tell you like, give you some books to read, maybe tell you to go to a conference, share a story about how they learned the business side of things. And you're like, this is amazing. I'm going to go do this. Like, thank you so much, mentor. This is so fantastic. And then you get back to your desk or your car and you're like, okay, I'm going to implement this. You're like, I read the book. You know, I went to the conference. Now what? Like, how do I implement this? Where's the project that I could practice these skills on? And it's really up to you as that mentee, as that junior person to find that opportunity to prove and use all this amazing advice that you got from the mentor. So that's how mentorship typically shows up for women. Um, and before I talk about how it shows up for men, I want to be really clear. This is not my opinion. This is based on our research and also research by other researchers in other industries. So they studied human behavior and this is what they found. Um, so for men, you're like that young man engineer. You're like, I want to get to the next level. You ask that experienced person. They're like, you need to understand the business side of things. And you're like, great. How do I do that? They're like, actually, I have a lunch with the vice president of business development tomorrow. Come with me to the lunch. And then you're that young junior engineer. You're like meeting the vice president. You're just talking about the work you're doing. You're building that relationship. And the vice president is like, you want to understand the business of it? You know what? I am pitching a client. I have a client meeting next week. I'm going to present come with me. I'm presenting Ted slides. Why don't you present three? And you know what? If you screw up, it's okay. 
I'll be in the room. I can step in and like, you know, move things forward for you. Then if you think about like, who's going to advance faster, is it the woman who's kind of preparing and waiting for that opportunity? Or is it the man who is like out there learning as they go and getting that exposure? And one thing I do want to be really clear about is people don't do this on purpose. So people aren't treating men and women differently on purpose. It's another way that unconscious bias shows up. And actually it's based on really good intention. So people are like, I want her to do well. Like, I don't want her to fail. So when that opportunity comes, I want her to knock it out of the park. I want her to execute it perfectly because like, I don't want to set her up for failure. And the challenge is that like people advance through experience, through exposure. Those how, how that's how you really learn. That's how you get to that next level. Um, but women are spending all this time kind of like preparing and kind of like reinforcing these gender stereotypes. And the interesting thing in our study is we found that for women, the sponsorship behavior, so that exposure, that opportunity, it happens half as often as mentorship opportunities. So I think from a company perspective, and from an individual perspective, understanding the difference that really is we can't, we got to break that stereotype and stop those behaviors of that advice preparation, having to be perfect for the role before you do it, or having to have everything ready before you even take that risk and take on that opportunity. That's actually what is preventing women from advancing at the same rate as men. So that awareness is, is a game changer. Yes, I think that's it. I always talk about the whole mentorship and sponsorship, having somebody speak on your behalf while you're in the room and you've hit it, you've touched it. And I love how you showed the example of, man, as the male and female, just the opportunities that can happen and you never know. And so I love that. So how can we, you know, when we talk about the sponsorship side of things, what steps can women take to position themselves for sponsorship? Okay, that is such a great question because I remember when I first learned about sponsorship, I learned about it when I was probably like 37 years old. And I'm like, what? Anybody explain this to me when I was 22? And I was like, sign me up. Like, where's the sign up sheet? And it doesn't work that way. Like you can sign up for a mentorship program um, and have someone that you'll meet for coffee because you can kind of like volunteer people to give advice and share stories, but you can't actually volunteer someone to put their reputation on the line for somebody else. So I feel like if you're a woman looking for that sponsor, the first thing is you need to get exposure to people who have influence and that that can be hard for people, right? Because it's really easy to get stuck. Like, I don't know anybody influential. And a lot of times people assume that it has to be their boss. Um, and it doesn't actually have to be their boss. And one thing I will say, for a lot of our clients, your boss is not necessarily your advocate. So you can't always rely on your boss as being that champion for you. So I would say the first thing is like really be open and putting yourself into positions where you might meet someone that's influential. So that's going to a networking event. If there's the, one of the best strategies that our clients have used is if your company has a charity event, like a charity bike ride, a charity run, usually there are senior leaders showing up at those events, go to that event and you could talk to them in a really like personal way, right? Talk about the run, get to know them as a person, like just introduce yourself, know their name, 
introduce who you are. And that shared experience is a great first step of kind of getting yourself out there. So that's the first step is like really figure out who are these people. And I will say most people that I talk to, most of our clients, when we first try to take that step, they're like, I don't know anyone. It's impossible, but I want to challenge you to write down the names. Who are the people in your company or even the industry? You don't, they don't necessarily need to be in your company that have influence. And then the next thing is really actually make it more about them. So don't make it all about me, 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 make it about them. Get really curious and figure out what are their goals? What are they trying to achieve? What is on their agenda? What is keeping them up at night? And figure out a way that you can add value. So a great example, one of our clients, I remember she's like, I want a sponsor. I can't so hard, Andrea. I can't, it's impossible. I have no one. And I'm like, okay, who are the people that you know in your company? And she keeps going through this list of people. And then finally, she's like, there's this vice president in a different state. I see them every, you know, couple months at company meetings. And the last time I saw them, he said, you're my eyes and ears on the ground. I'm like, that is your sponsor. You just have not put a a name to it yet. And this is what people don't understand. Like, how do I add value to a senior executive? So the truth is, if you're in a big company, um, the senior executives cannot know what's going on in every department on the ground. They cannot be on every project at all times. And having people that they have a relationship that are there that know what their goals are, that are just looking out, that can just share some information about, you know, what's going on with the day-to-day on the project. Maybe things that aren't on that formal, you know, weekly report, that is really valuable information that you can share. It's a really different perspective of like what's happening at this level of the company versus what's happening up top. So sharing that perspective is a really great way that you can do that. And then the next thing you need to do is actually you need to kind of be able to articulate and let that person know that you're trustworthy and that you have good work. So really this curiosity of like, how can I show this person what I'm capable of? How can I let them know that if they give me this opportunity, they're putting their reputation on the line. If they're putting you in this stretch role or giving you, introducing you to like another senior executive, How can I give them the confidence that I'm going to deliver? Because you can't, with mentorship, you can give advice and you know what, someone could take your advice, but nothing happens to the mentor. Whereas in a sponsoring relationship, if you put someone into, you know, like a higher risk situation and they don't deliver, it looks really bad on the sponsor as well. So you really need to let that sponsor know that you're actually capable. So just, and and the cool thing about this, it can happen really quickly. And I will say that it's all about that relationship, getting to know them as a person, being curious, they're going to be curious about you. And then once they have that trust, opportunities start to flow. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yes. It makes sense. I think you've helped as far as the different steps. I mean, you've given some tips that can help guide them to it. I mean, because a lot of times they don't know where to go, um, even get started. And so I think, thank you for sharing those steps. Yes, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So we're talking about how, yeah, go for it. 
Okay, one more thing I did want to mention is that a lot of times we get stuck in the advice trap, right? And obviously, like, I want to hear people's stories too, right? Like, it's exciting to hear about other people's journeys. But I feel like for yourself, if you're in, a, even in a mentorship program, like you sign up on the paper, asking different questions, instead of saying, give me some advice, how did you do this? It's asking this mentor different questions because you can shift that mentor into a sponsor by asking them things like, what opportunities would help me develop this skill? Or like, how can I help you? What are your goals? So really, instead of making it all about me, 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 really start making it about them. And then if you find yourself stuck in the advice trap, because gender stereotypes will take over. We have been conditioned this way for thousands of years. So it's our automatic behavior to kind of like be prepared. Um, but if you find yourself stuck in that preparation, that advice conversation with your mentor, just asking different questions, like what opportunities do you see? And like, close your mouth and let them answer. Cause that's really um, giving them the opportunity to step up and become that sponsor because they may not know what sponsorship is either. So it's really not getting mad if someone kind of, you know, is kind of sticking you in this, sticking you with these, like getting stuck in these mentorship behaviors. It's being curious. And then also recognizing if you're in this mentoring relationship and like you don't trust the person, it might not be the right fit and it might be time, time to move on. That's, that's it. I mean, I love how you said, okay, don't just sit back and just get advice asking questions. I, I'm definitely with my industry itself. Asking questions is always important. So I love how you tied that in to turn the tables. So if you turn the tables with your mentor to try to maybe become sponsored, what about our companies? You know, let's talk about it. In what ways can the companies actively assist women in finding sponsors? So I will say it's really about shifting the burden off of women and onto the company. So the first thing is education, like train them on the difference uh, between mentorship and sponsorship. And actually, if a company is really serious about this, they can put a KPI. And I've seen this before, where it's like anybody at the vice president level or above must be sponsoring two people that have a different background than them. And it's really, it's not up to that woman to find that sponsor. It's actually up to that executive team to do the work and finding two people that have a different background than them that they can start getting to know and start creating opportunities for. Because when, if you're thinking about like when you're looking to sponsor that next generation, you kind of like by default, look for somebody that reminds you of you when you were younger, right? And then that reinforces that behavior because we have mostly men in senior leadership positions. You know, they look for people that went to their same school or played the same sports, live in the same neighborhood. They look for that like common connection, which is great. Um, but then it's like, maybe there's two people that are different than me. And it takes a little bit of work. It takes about like maybe going to a different type of networking event, maybe showing up at that charity event and, you know, talking to some people there that you've never talked to before. And it's be about shifting the burden onto kind of from the top down instead of from the bottom up. So it's really holding those executives accountable to really find those people that are a little bit different than them and not saying like you can't sponsor someone that, you know, reminds you of you when you were younger, because that's great too. But it's like that 
And, um, and the cool thing from about sponsorship is there's always something in it for the sponsor too, because you have that person that's your eyes and ears on the ground. That's actually pushing your personal brand in the company, helping you achieve your goals. And it actually makes your job a lot easier as that senior executive. So it's a really like wonderful tool. That's why I love it so much because it is really, it creates exponential value and, it's really, and I know some people may not like this, but this idea of giving back out of the goodness of your heart and advancing women because it's the right thing to do. At the end of the day, we're all working in businesses and we need to be driving the bottom line and like doing things because it's nice to do and it's the right thing to do can get us so far. But if we're actually pushing business objectives at the same time, and advancing women, it really becomes this like intuitive thing that be, that just creates value. And then it's like, why wouldn't we do it? Um, so I would say like training is the biggest thing. So when we talk to men, they are so excited about sponsorship. Like people, like I spoke about this at a conference um, in August and it was mostly men in the audience. And I remember like this man came up to me after he was like, that was Actually, the first thing he said was, I wasn't going to come to your talk because I didn't think it was relevant to me. So this shit, the first shift that needs to happen is companies need to realize women can't solve this alone. This is a company issue, period. Um, but the guy stayed, he stayed, he stayed for the talk. And then he said, as you started talking about the research, I realized like sponsorship is the way to go. It's about like giving that person the opportunity and supporting them to be successful. And how many times does a man come to a woman in construction event and leave empowered and excited? And that's what I think needs to happen at the company level. People need to realize like this is the way forward. Sponsorship is the way forward. And it advances everybody. It makes more money for the company. It like makes us more cohesive. It brings these transformational leadership skills that women have up the ladder. It, it gives them that place to actually use them because they have that sponsor that has their back. And so it's a really win-win-win at all levels. So that education piece, I think, is the is the first step, really understanding um, the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. Ooh, Andrea, you've been bringing it. And I mean, you're bringing the awareness, you're giving the steps. I mean, I love it. I mean, across both sides of things, as far as all working together for the win-win, like we're winning in both ways. And I love how you tapped into that. So let's, let's get to this last little piece of it. What advice, if you was to give, you know, one thing, maybe one thing or two things, would you offer to a young woman aspiring to move into leadership roles? Maybe one or two advice. What I would say, get curious and ask questions and don't be afraid of asking questions. A lot of times we get stuck in that, like, I need to know everything um, mentality, especially in the beginning, before you go, I would say like, when you ask someone a question, because people love talking about themselves. So in order to start getting that exposure, starting like learning new things, like don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, that is the best thing. And like, talk to people that you're scared of someone that you're like, you're like, they are way more experienced than them. They're not going to have the time of day for me. I was actually, they're probably going to 
be really excited to talk to you too, because there's probably a lot you could teach them as well, which that's, a, that will, that's another conversation. But I would say just ask those questions and really like ask those questions instead of sitting back instead <laughs> and of sitting back. Yeah. And sitting back and wait, just ask the question. I love it. Thank you so much. This was amazing. I mean, so many notes. I take it in all these you've said because I've lived it. I'm living it. I'm continuing to live it. So I'm even as a woman in engineer, it's, this has been some great advice. And so thank you so much, Andrea. So let's finally, how can people get in touch with you? Share with us. How can people get in touch with you? So they can find our website. So it's ambitiontheory.com. Um, we also have a podcast called, it's called Ambition Theory Women in Construction. Um, and you connect can connect with me, Andrea Jansen um, on LinkedIn. Awesome. I'm excited to continue to allow people to get to know all that you've been able to share and get to follow up with you with all that you've shared with us. So thank you, Andrea, for being a great guest on the Women in Engineering Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with inspiring women engineers, discussions with, about industry trends, and much more. Go to womenandengineeringpodcast.com where you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women whose stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineer a better future. <laughs>